everybody's got their opinions about Brock Purdy and being a game manager. Well, let's go right to the source. He was asked about this at his recent media availability. It can be a compliment at, at, at times where it's like, all right, you got a guy that can come in and, and run the system well. Um, I feel like that's a compliment. I think that's, you know, you're doing things right mentally and, and obviously you're good enough to be able to hit guys that are open and make plays. Um, you know, there's 32 teams in the NFL and there's not a lot of people that can come in and, and play the quarterback position well in the NFL. It's a hard, it's a hard job. So um, if you're saying that I'm a game manager and I, I don't look flashy in how I do it, I mean, that's your opinion and that's okay. And at the end of the day, I want to do what it takes to help my team win. And so I think winning at the end of the day in the NFL is probably the biggest and most important thing. I can't do the move here, Scott, of, oh, I've been saying this for years because he's only in his second year in the league. But ever since the very beginning when this started. He was still Mr. Irrelevant the last time these two franchises played in the Super Bowl. That is correct. He was still at Iowa State. Yeah. He was still at Iowa State. And if it was four years ago, probably Brees Hall would have been his running back by then. I mean, this I mean, this man. Yeah, David Montgomery in his backfield. And then went right from <laughs> David Montgomery to Brees Hall. In his backfield, he was having a good old time down there in Ames, Iowa. Great college town, by yeah, the way. Which, which made the story a couple of weeks ago, the comeback against Detroit, even probably sweeter for him, beating his former teammate. But it can't yeah, – yeah, yeah, exactly. Go, beating his former teammate, David Montgomery, is his running back there at Iowa State. So it, it can't be like, oh, I've been saying this forever. But from the very beginning, I don't know how or why or when this started. But I've been telling you this whole time – Game manager is not the insult or the label that you think it is. We could go through most of the quarterbacks in the NFL, and you start to realize how many of them are game managed. You could put that game manager label on because they don't do the things that Patrick Mahomes does. Basically, if you can't throw on the if you can't throw sidearm like one of these submarine relief pitchers in baseball and throw that on the run and hit the guy right in the hands. Backhanded. You're a game manager. That's ba- basically <laughs> right. that's basically what it is. If you can't do Patrick Mahomes highlight plays, you're a game manager. See, I always thought the game manager was milking the clock, getting everything out of each possession and that kind of stuff. But now it's turned into something different. Well, it's 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 always been a knock on a guy that you that the idea is you want to graduate from game manager. It's a difference to between a, to uh, throwing one hundred and fifty and two hundred yards and four hundred yards, basically. Not necessarily. If you just go to the very core of it, if anything, it should be a compliment because what game manager means is. You're doing exactly what that game calls for. No matter what defense you're playing against, whatever different style, whatever different defensive game plan every every team has, you know what you have to do to go beat it. And we just heard from Jimmy, Chiefs were game managers a couple of weeks ago. They sure were. They utilized the clock and kept Baltimore off the field. And the most, most important part of that, they scored making it even tougher when Baltimore wasn't on the field. I'm so glad you brought that up. Imagine doing that. That's what impressed the heck out of me out of that game. That was the only way they were going to win, in my opinion, and they did it from the opening kickoff. Imagine if anybody, in the whether it was me or Scott or Joe or Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, 
Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, Freddie Coleman, Harry Douglas, whoever it was. Imagine if anybody who had access to a microphone came on the radio the Monday after the Chiefs win the AFC Championship game and said, oh, Patrick Mahomes, game manager yesterday. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what's scary about it. And, you know, there were a couple of drives where they scored rather quickly. That's not game management. That's Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes football. They can play both ways. That's not a game manager. That is a game dominator. And that is a game innovator. And that's what makes him so good because he can play in many different forms, which I honestly thought he was just one speed and get it down the field in less than three minutes, four minutes, get a drive 70 yards, score, and uh, on to the next round. It was a matter of having a team right where they want you. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs (laughs) had Baltimore right where they wanted them, and as soon as the Lions missed that field goal in the second quarter, it shouldn't be enough for it to be that much of a flip. The Lions or the Ravens? No, no, I'm talking about both games. Oh, okay. I'm talking yeah. about both games. Kansas City had Baltimore right you're where they wanted me them. And you're talking two games at once. Well, oh no, but well, I'm not mixing the two teams up and saying the AFC and NFC teams played each other. But what I'm saying though is, both Kansas City had Baltimore right where they wanted them. Where you can see Baltimore's frazzled. We're just gonna stay calm. We're just gonna run our offense. If we punt, okay, we punt. That team over there is already panicked and they're already in their own heads, so we already won this game anyway. That's absolutely right. And Detroit and San Francisco, it, again, it shouldn't be this way for missing one field goal, but as soon as that happened, that was enough to get San Francisco to a place, and especially after they scored that first touchdown. I mean, immediately when that when that when the Lions went for the fourth down and didn't get it, I understand why they did it. We're not gonna circle back to questioning that decision. But I just had this feeling in my gut that as soon as they didn't get that, that it was going to be consequential in the game. And San Francisco goes down. They, they scored, flipped the switch like no one's they business. They scored the touchdown. Quickly, yeah. they go, I, I believe it was a three and out right after that, and then they score another touchdown. But yeah. they get that first one, and it was right where I want you. They got you. the ball back so quickly. I went to the kitchen. I thought it was a turnover. It was an actual you know downs, and they punted. That's game manager. I, you may you may not know it, but you're right where I want you to be. <laughs> right. That's game manager. So keep talking about Brock Purdy, and all he's going to do is, I mean, maybe not this Sunday. And by the way, if if he doesn't win this Sunday, again, unless he throws six interceptions, we're going to end up talking about him on Monday, and I understand why, especially because of this game manager conversation. But there, unless he throws six interceptions, there's no reason to crush him on Monday if they he, lose. He's gotten to a point, Sam, and I said this last week. He's gotten to a point. He's in the Super Bowl. There's only two teams in the Super Bowl. You can't take anything away from what this guy's done all year. He's put out super numbers. He, you know, Yeah, he's had interceptions here and there. So has everyone else. But the thing is... He's done something that nobody expected him to do. Yeah, he's got a good team to do it with, but you got to do it. And he did. So the Mr. Irrelevant is uh, Mr. Very Irrelevant now because, uh, you know, he, he's he's made a name for himself. He deserves to be called relevant and beyond that. He's an outstanding quarterback. You got to make the plays. I don't care what you have. I don't. You know, I don't care if you've got receivers galore and everything else. You still got to make that throw. 
if I'm him, I'm wearing that as a badge of honor. And I mean literally, I'm getting a I'm going to a party store and getting a badge that says Mr. Irrelevant and I'm wearing that around every well, single day. Here's the shirt that you gotta get. If they win the new shirt, I'm relevant now. Problem solvers around here. That's Scott Galetti. I'm Sam Hauser's Team Talk ESPN Radio 1017, the team. We're going to keep talking about some of the matchups within this game, the matchups within the matchups, the, the last two weeks of coaches as mad scientists in the lab drawing up the game plans of what we're in store for on Sunday. We're going to keep this going on the other side here. Steam Talk ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Talking it all out, seeing what you're all You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017, The Team. If they're down early, there's not going to be a comeback, okay? There is not going to be a comeback. They have to maintain an early lead and be in a position at halftime to ride it out. If if they're down early, they're not going to come back against Spagnuolo and this Chiefs defense. Those are the words of Sal Palantonio, ESPN's Sal Palantonio, earlier today, giving his take on one of the elements of this game. It's Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team, of course, looking ahead to Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. So that's that's Sal Palantonio's take on this is, if the Chiefs get out to an early lead, game's over. I'm going to say something, Sam. When he was saying that, I didn't know what team he was talking about. I could have sworn he was talking about the 49ers. If they get out to the lead, the Chiefs can't come back. He's talking about the Chiefs. He's talking about the, if the Chiefs get ahead, the 49ers have no shot. That's interesting because I've heard so many other opinions saying, well, you know, hey, if the Chiefs get down, even with Jimmy Cottrell, uh, you know, hey, they don't have the team to come back like they had a couple of years ago. But Sal Palantonio, who knows his stuff, said that that we just heard. That opened my eyes because I'm thinking – well, what did the Chiefs have to do to take control of the game? He's saying all they got to do is score and get on the board, and 49ers can't come back. I thought that was very, very interesting. Because I thought it would be the other way around, because everyone's talking about the high-powered offense of the 49ers. That feels like it's so well, – that's the thing. That feels like you're so discrediting how much of a part of that offense Christian McCaffrey is. Because if you're saying that Kansas City gets out ahead, all of a sudden San Francisco's in big trouble – yeah, maybe you're uh, maybe you're not running the ball the way that you would like to, although I see no reason why you would go away from that, but then of course we know how much a part of the passing game Christian McCaffrey can be. That's what I was just going to say. Expect to see him with catches on Sunday. Expect that. They're going to be looking for that. I would I would probably say even more so. He might have more cuz he's a playmaker. So you get your playmakers the ball and he's one of them. He might it, might, it either might be 50-50 or he might have more catches than he does runs. <laughs> it's very Because you need to spread the field against Kansas City's defense. You need to do everything that you possibly can to keep Steve Spagnola off your tail, off your scent. And if there's any skill position group that can do that in the NFL, this would be one that you would put up there. Like To me, the matchup is so fascinating in the sense of you have so many, you have strength on strength everywhere. Kind of similar to the Super Bowl last year, and honestly kind of similar to the Super Bowl most years. You just have strength on strength, 
dudes on dudes. And from that standpoint, the matchup is interesting. But I really feel like this game is going to be won or lost before the ball even kicks off. Before we even start, just how both teams, and really, and especially San Francisco, because again, the onus is on San Francisco to do things that other teams haven't been able to do against Kansas City. But the way that San Francisco shows up mentally and physically ready for this game, if if they're if if they spent too much mental energy in building up this game, in getting ready for this game, if they fall behind early and then not just can't dig themselves out of the hole if the hole just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Like, there is a certain point where if Kansas City gets ahead by too much, even if it's in the first half, yeah, the game probably is over. But from that side of it, if we're just looking at that part of it, the only place that I would put that as the game is over, if Kansas City is up by a touchdown or more with... Six minutes to go. Then it's probably over. Hmm. Because you're not going to have enough time. Either they're going to kill the clock. Or you're you're just not going to have enough time to, to put together the methodical drive that you need to have at that point in the game. San Francisco absolutely does need to go stride for stride. And it would certainly behoove San Francisco to get out to an early lead. But we've just seen this too many times where if there was ever if there was ever a place and not talking about the super bowls not talking about the rings or how many games that they played in if there was ever a place to make the comparison between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady it's the fourth quarter magic that they have that you don't so yeah if if San Francisco That's probably to me the only comparison because they're totally different players but in terms of the mindset hey we're down we're going to win this game they're both they identical. They do not care. They yeah. don't care if they're up 7, up 10, down 13. They do not care. And when you need yardage, you need a field goal, you need a touchdown, those are the two most dependable quarterbacks in probably the last 15, 20 years. And I don't think Kansas City's coaching staff gets enough credit for the way that they sequenced the play calling last year in the Super Bowl against Philadelphia. I mean, they had plays that they saved for the fourth quarter. Some of those shallow crossing routes that they broke out to score touchdowns that Philly was just not ready for. Some of the play calls that they saved for exactly when they needed them in the fourth quarter. That's why you you, you can't talk about this game the way that you would if even if it was Baltimore in there. Mm-hmm. Even if it was any other team in the AFC, you just can't have the same conversation because, yeah, Kansas City is Kansas City's beatable. And if San Francisco's pass rush can get to a level, I mean, that's another side of this. They have not, and I, and I think they would be the first ones to tell you, that not been good enough. There's so much talent on that defensive line for San Francisco that it hasn't been impactful enough. And the problem is, Sam, against Patrick Mahomes, you don't put pressure on him. Might as well give him seven points each possession or three points because he's that unstoppable. You give him extra time and he can just go around and do whatever he wants, he's going to pick you apart. And so if those guys can play at another level, then that's another area where this game gets a lot more interesting. If you can pressure Patrick Mahomes, if you can get after him 
like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line did, which this group is fully capable of. We just haven't seen the best version of them yet, and if there was ever a time to do it, obviously it's Sunday in the Super Bowl. If they can if they can get to Mahomes, yeah, that's another element of this game where it gets interesting. But I'm telling you, even if San Francisco is up, pick whatever time you want in the game that's not triple zeros. <laughs> right? Game's far from over. So whether they're down seven early in the game or they're up seven with a couple minutes to go, the situation is the same. It's meaningless until you get to triple zeros and actually put Kansas City in a place where it is no longer in their control. It's virtually meaningless. And that's the uh, that's the key. It's meaningless unless the 49ers can score and score when they need to and keep increasing the lead, then it's not meaningless. But if they're... Only if it's three a three-touchdown lead with six minutes to go. Anything right. besides that, I still have no reason to think they won't make a game of it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I ultimately picked Kansas City instead of the 49ers, which I leaned for at the beginning. Let's hear from some of the people involved in this game talking about Kansas City and talking about their evolution as we've gone through the playoffs. We know the knock on them was, oh, the wide receivers aren't that good. They're dropping balls. The offensive line's not that good. The running back's not whatever it is. And you get to the playoffs, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs of old. Here's Patrick Mahomes on the work that's gone into that. 100%. Um, we, we, we go through that every season, every season, and I think Rasheed's done a great job of learning that early in his career, and so has other guys that, that I've played with. And, I mean, obviously Travis is at a, a level that not a lot of people will be able to reach, um, but those guys sit there and listen to how he talks about football. They listen to how I talk about football, and we try to get ourselves on the same page. And um, Coach Reed gives us that freedom um, that we can adjust routes kind of on the fly. Um, but it comes with a lot of repetition. It's not something that you can just do uh, rolling, out, rolling out of bed. you got to make sure you rep those things, and, he does, and guys have done a great job learning. And if you can get past all of that, then it's against all odds. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're talking about. <laughs> maybe that's maybe, what they're talking maybe about. The people, maybe the people behind that tweet were doing some foreshadowing, trying to speak it into existence, trying to put it out into the universe that we're going to win, and when we do, it's against all odds with a little dice emoji because the game's in Vegas. Maybe that's what they were up to. Okay, I can, I, I can. It's still silly and lazy, but I can buy into that one. Put it on the sphere, and we'll be in good shape. 